welcome. Welcome. Is it my show now? Yeah, well, you did really well. So Sparky sat down and did his first interview solo on First Time Parents. Who would have thought? Last and whilst week. you were sitting in Bali doing bugger all. <laughs> well, no, you're actually on a business trip, so. Yeah, exactly. Doing bugger all. Yeah. And you, I mean, you looked after our son and you, I mean, like, you know, that's a feat in itself. <laughs> oh, right, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and you sat down and you interviewed Tully O'Connor. So last week's chat, a big one, you sat down with him and talked about baby number two. Yeah, so really just trying to get his insight as to how his journey came about. Like I started from, I think I started from how you guys met or how you got into the topic of wanting kids and they were indifferent, but also they wanted to get there, um, but just out of sync with their timing. And then um, sort of, yeah, we ran with it from there. So this week is part two. And before we get into that, just want to give our massive shout out to our sponsors um, and welcome to our podcast, obviously, First Time Parents. We are two parents sharing our real life shitty and glorious moments um, pretty much in a relationship series. But massive shout out to our author who's sponsoring the podcast with Drunk on Confidence. So um, this is one of the quotes that, uh, you know, by Erin Mullen. She's a Sydney Breakfast Radio TV presenter. She said, as someone who has struggled with confidence and body image over the years, Heidi's memoir is the kind of thing I wish I'd been given as a teenager. It would have changed my life for the better. So if you want to get that book, uh, you can grab it in show notes and you can get actually the first three chapters you can listen to of me reading it live on my website. So link down below and then you can obviously purchase the book because you'll enjoy it so much. So yeah, there we go. Okay, so part two of Tully. Let's get into it. What is today about with Tully, just to give everyone a little bit of a taster? Yeah, well, I think with um, being my first podcast, I found it was quite easy to come off the track of what the initial topic was about. So hence why I just sort of end up having a second episode. But what the second episode was more about is the mental health side of things and the help that you can get around uh, becoming a parent. And not only just becoming a parent, but... Um, you know, you don't have to go head deep into, oh, I've got mental health issues and all that. You can just go and see someone, chat to a coach. So it can be quite, call it lighthearted, or if you've got some big issues that you really need that, you know, serious help with, it's all, it's all okay, you know. So we really did start to veer off a bit, but I think we pulled it back somewhat. <laughs> like now, are you veering off again? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, let's get in. So Tully O'Connor, relationship coach and Griffo, our in-house sparky dad sitting down for slash me- relationship <laughs> coach <laughs> sitting down for a men's chat i just want to share this experience i had as well because this was really grounding for me I, I ran a men's retreat on the sunny coast a couple of months back and a lot of the participants were young guys with like new to the dad game like within their first three to four years and so this conversation was coming up a lot around the fire right it's like yeah how are we going kind of thing like this is hard and there were a couple of guys there that were older sort of in their late 40s early 30s i mean early 50s sorry um and it was so powerful because they were just so simple and nonchalant about it they're like yeah that'll pass it gets better like yeah that'll like And it was just this like ray of sunshine. Everybody just kind of relaxed about it a little bit like, oh, okay. Like 
it does get better because it's that fear of the unknown that causes so much of the angst. Definitely. And to have somebody who's been through it. Yeah. And, and and just to be like so relaxed about it. It's almost like they were just patting us on the head. <laughs> like, They're there. All right, young fella. <laughs> you know? So patronize me. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't patronizing <laughs> at all, but it was like a bit like it was a bit. It was so, it was just grounding. It was like amazing. All of our feelings are valid and not at the same time. It's like cool. Like <clears throat> keep fighting the good fight kind of thing. Like it does. light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, yeah. But, you know, it is nice to hear that, uh, you know, because I think you do need that encouragement or support, not from your partner, but from people that have been down this road, you know. Yeah. And hearing it with, um, I think the more you talk with people, you'll probably get that from a lot of, you know, guys that have had kids and their kids are now growing up and then they can feel like, oh, I've got a bit more space. I've got a bit more back of my 30s when I prior to having a kid. So hang in there. But communication, I think 100%. And as I said, the work that me and Heidi are doing with fish at the moment, it's really understanding the other person's Mm -hmm. side or just listening to them and understanding, really feeling into their feels. Yeah, be reciprocated. Then there you are, two people. You can still believe what you're thinking, what you're feeling, but just feeling for them. It just yep. opens it up. And you know, we're only just touching this right now, and um, yep. you know, we can see between us too that things are you know going in a, a really good direction. So yeah, amazing. And it's um, it's that same team vibe, you know, like it's yeah, it's that not wronging each other. Um, yep we're on the same team and we can have a different experience. And actually not only can we do it, it's amazing when we do because then we learn about each other. We're actually more connected on the other side of it. And so it's just that reframing. A lot of us have this unconscious story that conflict is bad, right? Because when mum and dad fought, it was gnarly or mum and dad never fought. So we never saw conflict. So my story is relationships don't have conflict. So when there is conflict, I'm really scared because if we're in a loving relationship, we shouldn't be fighting. Like, so we can have all these warped stories about conflict, but when we can reframe that and understand that conflict, when we're good at it, is the gateway to more intimacy, more connection, more understanding. And it's that lens I find is helpful, especially early parenthood, because there's a lot of conflict. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like, oh, beautiful. There's the opportunity for way more connection here. Yeah. And it will bring you closer to fulfill what you need and what they need. Whatever yep. it may be. So yep. it's, it's all for the positive. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. What I want to know is uh, how were your conversations around the period when you were really against having a second kid with Kat? Like, obviously, yeah. they're not easy conversations, I think, to have full stop. But when yeah. you're opposing each other as to what you want, that's an easy, easy explosion, re- you know, waiting to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, for me, it was similar to before we started opening up to conceiving Rafi. It, it was a, I knew I wanted to have a second one. Like my deeper truth was that and I knew that. But my current truth is like that doesn't feel exciting at all. And so I think that made it like less scary for Kat. It was still a little bit confronting and stuff, those, those conversations. Um, but it was more like... Um, yeah, I don't feel excited about it, right? And I don't, I don't want to do it now. I don't feel excited about it. And that's just where I'm at. And so initially it was a little bit um, 
confronting. Yeah. But I think because we navigated what we did in terms of those discrepancies in timing with Rafi, we were kind of, um, I guess, well-practiced. Like we'd kind of navigated it before. And so we were able to not take things personally and have these conversations at this level like we're kind of talking about. Like I could feel how upsetting that might be for her. So if she did get defensive or reactive, it's like I did my best to empathize with that because I'm like, yeah. put myself in her shoes and my partner comes to me and says that like that's full on <laughs> so like yeah we 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 are good at that and then for us it was it was like for us it was a really practical thing of creating enough space for us again right and so that looked like cuz um yeah cat was resistant to having other people look after Rafi other than me and her really like maybe grandparents a little bit for a little for but there was a real resistance there and that was a real source of the conflict I would suggest hey babysitter or this or that and it would always end in not goodness and so I'm like I kind of shelved it which wasn't necessarily the best thing to do but I'm like we're okay I can't be bothered with that conversation yeah and so what came to the forefront is like okay how does that get to look and so we got creative with the solution and um, Kat's brother and because we'd moved over to the gold, um, to the sunny coast as well. So away from family, yeah. um, away from our community. Um, but what ended up happening was Kat's brother and his girlfriend moved over and lived with us for uh, I think it was like four months or something, five months. And right. so, yeah, Kat trusted them to be with him. And so all of a sudden, for this four to five month period, we had Rafi being taken care of for up to 10 hours a week. So we were getting a couple of dates in each week. And that yep. four to five month period gave us the space to rebuild and reconnect and figure out who the hell we were as parents, at like as a mother, as a father. And yeah, like almost reform our relationship as parents. And that was amazing right and that was necessary for us and having that time because at a certain level it does come down to logistics as well like if there's no time for me or no time for cat or no time for us it's pretty naive to think that relationship is going to grow if it gets no water right yeah. and so that looks different for everyone based on the care they have available, the resources they have available, all of that. But if we don't prioritize intimacy and connection in our relationship and, and, and just prioritize our relationship in general, it's not going to thrive. It's not going to survive, right? And so that was the biggest thing for us was just the honesty of where I was at and then putting it all on the table, what comes up for you. like, And, and we everything was on the table really early on which made it easy to then understand where each other were coming from and then be solution-focused after that. Having that open conversation with your partner and coming in sort of level-headed is certainly important. So it yeah. doesn't be tacky or it's your fault, you know, it's the yeah. blame. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard sometimes the delivery when you are really fatigued or really loud <laughs> in something in your relationship, but 
yeah, if you can try and, I don't know, even if it's something to write down and say, look, this is just my thoughts instead yeah. of me getting angry saying it. There's multiple ways to communicate. Some ways are really poor. Um, yeah. If there's ways that might be, you know, even with a mediator or something like that, just to help you, you know, a communication coach. Like- yeah, get get couples therapy. Get get a coach. Do a co- like, like to, to think we can do it on our own is just outrageous. Like yeah. it's just, it's it's and especially for guys, they're like, I shouldn't need to. Like I should know how to. Like I shouldn't need to learn how to be a partner or how to be a dad. Like you know, and, and it's just when we can drop that and get, because that's something that, you know, we haven't spoken about, but like the support I had along the way from friends, from friends who are coaches and all of this stuff, like, yeah, there was huge amounts of support and space to reflect and, and all of that. That's a, a hugely important part of it. And like my, like step one, if you're at the point where you cannot communicate effectively, like anything that pops up, you end up going in cycles of conflict. It's like, in some way, shape, or form, that needs to be tackled, whether that's a communication coach, whether that's doing a program, whether that's going to couples therapy, couples counseling, whatever it might be, like choose your flavor, whatever like feels good for you. But like that needs to happen in some way, shape, or form. Um, and yeah. needing support to do that is not, it's normal, right? Like, it's not a weakness. It's- no. It's, That's where yeah. I think people do have that demograph of it. And for me, my my um, my theory is if you break your leg, you see a doctor. <laughs> Head isn't right, you see a doctor. It's no biggie, you know. If it's yeah. to get you feeling better and back on track with your mental health or your relationship with your partner, why are you stalling, you know? Um, I think gone are the days of people seeing it as a negative. I think people are more scared or scared of what people will do perceive them as weak or something but yeah it's in a better headspace and feeling better about life or connecting more with your partner you're winning so i can't see why yeah back but unfortunately demographic of people looking at it as a negative and 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 i think there's there's some skepticism around because like if we just look at the psychology of it like when you buy an iphone you know you're going to get the iphone you know the iphone's going to work so you're like Sure, I'll spend fourteen hundred dollars on the iPhone, but if you, if you don't know anyone who's successfully been to therapy or done a program that works, there's this skepticism around like, is it going to be worth the time and money investment? Like, is this going to work? I don't even really know what it is. There's a lack of understanding around what it is, what we're going to do. There's so many unknowns, and I feel like the more we can share stories and like on platforms like this. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like have the conversation and then normalize people who go through these things having the conversation. Like that to me is how we're going to shift the narrative because yes. it's just normalizing it. Like I just, I've got one lady that's, well, a couple that's going through a program with me at the moment and she just did this post on Instagram and it was just a really vulnerable post sharing their story of their relationship before kids, I think they're 18 months in, um, the, the work they've done, they've both sort of seen a therapist, they're both doing this program and they've well and truly come out the other side. And it was just this, the, the response it got, uh, it was just this story of hope essentially. And I think that is important, like having, 
these stories or experiences where people are like, oh, I, I know where to go when I'm feeling this way or when our relationship's like this. It's like there's hope and here's a potential solution that's trustworthy. Like I think that's what needs to shift and nothing but conversations and people talking about this shit <laughs> is yeah. going to do that, right? Yeah putting it out there and just, you know, telling people about your experience. I mean, I talk to people at work about it and, you know, I think people first, oh, really, you had to do that or whatever? And you're like, yeah, it's, you know, it's no biggie, you know. It's it's there. It's on tap if you need it and um, it helps me get through the good, bad and the ugly, you know. it's You don't always have to go there if you've got this massive issue. It might just be a one-off session if you just need to air it out with someone outside the family or your partner, yeah. friend group, whatever. Um, yeah. You know, there's so many things you can go and see them for. So, oh, and it's like, it's like saying only ever see a personal trainer if you're however many kilos overweight, right? Until you're, until you're at this point where things are really unhealthy, then it's okay to get help. But like, what if I just want to excel? What if I just want to optimize? What if I just want to have the best relationship ever? I'm probably going to need to learn some things I don't currently know. Like, it's it's in every like oh I get a business coach to grow my business I don't get a business coach because I'm just broke and my business is cooked like I just want to grow and and this is no different do you know what I mean it's yeah. like yeah invest in yourself you know it's um, it doesn't have to be an investment in return in monetary yeah or relationship or just you know it could be your work you know how to communicate better at work so yeah. So many ways to, you know, and there's so many awesome coaches and obviously yourself, you're, you're in that space as well. Um, there's plenty to, you know, see and do and, and help yourself with just getting better at life, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's, I think it's happening. I think the shift is happening. Like you say, it's just, um, yeah, it's just slow, right? Yeah. But it's yeah. like. There and, uh, you know, I think it's like mental health, you know, if you go back 10 years ago. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know it was very looked upon uh, poor and all this, and now yeah. it's a lot more talked about. Ten years from now, I think we're going to be miles ahead. Um, but you yeah. just keep conversation going, um, yeah, and keep talking, and um, yeah, you know, I think we'll be in a better place as time goes by. Yeah, yeah, and I think the beauty of parenthood and children is it really sparks that, like it initiates that for a lot of, especially a lot of the men I work with. You know, they're not willing to get that uncomfortable for themselves. Even some guys, their relationship falling apart might be enough. But a lot of guys are like, oh, shit, this is affecting my kids. Okay, I need to clean my shit up. I don't really know how this looks, but I'm willing to put my hat in the ring and have a crack. And that's a, a cool place to be. I find like fatherhood to be that real initiator for, for men in that way, that they're like this real visceral feeling of, okay, it's not about me and I'm willing to do what it takes, whereas they, they might not be that way just for themselves. In fact, most aren't, which is it is what it is, I guess. But, yeah, yeah it's interesting. To bring that forward, I think, as a man, because you think I don't need it, I'm strong, I'm a man. Um, and, yes, you might be, but, you know, if there are things breaking down around you, you do need to you know, address them. And, and doing so is it's being mature, it's being a father figure, uh, it's doing the right thing by you and your family. So. Yeah. yeah, if anyone out there that has any issues or doesn't have to be big, can be small, um, it's it's there for you to help you. So yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. 
So how do you think you went? How would you rate yourself with your uh, interviewing skills? Jesus, is this about me or Tully? <laughs> um, I thought I'd done all right. Obviously, he'd done a lot of talking as I was sort of interviewing him and asking how his journey was throughout coming up to child one and now coming into child two. So he definitely spoke really, really well. I'll give him the uh, you know commendation there. But for myself, I think I've done not too bad. Well, we'll be back next week and I'll debrief with you, one, whether anything has changed with you on wanting another baby. I guess we could go talk about that. I've been speaking to another lady, Kirsten, which you can go check out that podcast as well about how she didn't end up having another baby. Um, but yeah, I would have given you maybe like a six and a half out of 10. Have you listened to it yet? Yeah. Good. (laughs) Six and a half. And thank you for today's, uh, sponsors, which is me, author Heidi Anderson. If you want to get my, um, memoir, Drunk on Confidence, you can grab the first three chapters of me reading it to you in the show notes below, and you can find out where you can purchase it as well. Um, thank you so much for listening. Rate. Obviously, Griffo, five stars. Um, Leave a review, please. That would be nice. And for all Tully's information, you can click show notes below. It's a love. Bye. Bye.